Welcome everyone to what? Uh, what is it? What oh, is it? Trekking through the lower decks. Oh my goodness! Trekking through lower decks with uh, Dan and Ron. Uh, welcome to our third episode. Today we'll be reviewing the third episode of Lower Decks, Temporal Edict, uh, which finds us starting out in what was it? Ten forward at a music concert. A very bad one. Boimler is uh, is going all ELO with his electric uh, violin. Yes, yes, playing. And here's another song dedicated to my mother. <laughs> Requiem for a hug. Uh, and and uh, we are treated to the scene of, I believe, the first electric guitar in Star Trek. And the first uh, metal track, I believe. The first heavy metal and electric guitar introduced to track Mariner and Tindy jump on stage, interrupt Boimler, and start playing some death metal, which they can hear all the way down on the bridge. And evidently the Klingons don't care for the, t- the sound either. It's, the bass is very insulting. <laughs> the ba- <laughs> yes, the what bass and the death metal insults them. Uh, that that was, that was great. Uh, just a fun little comic intro. I... Uh, loved seeing an electric guitar in space I did wonder sometimes about uh, music in Trek uh, music in the future it was all apparently classical well in Berman era Star Trek uh, it was what classical music that's public domain can we use something we don't have to pay for and it was public domain (laughs) classical pieces get the Paramount Orchestra to whip it up and play something and it's fair game but also in that scene uh, in this episode, uh, once uh, poor Boimler gets to have his next song, uh, it doesn't go so well for him, does it? <laughs> yeah, yes, the captain has angrily sent the, uh, the lieutenant head of security who marches in and breaks his violin. Which, of course, the, the violin breaking there is a double reference, I guess, two, two levels deep of references. It's, all, it's, it's so much of a reference to uh, Worf destroying um, Geordi's uh, mandolin in the Next Generation episode with Q, uh, I believe Q Pid with uh, the Robin Hood uh, situation. Yes. Uh, yes. But he crushes Geordi's uh, mandolin and, and uh, just says, sorry, afterwards. Which that in itself was also a reference to uh, the uh, guitar smashing scene in Animal House. So it's, oh. it's like a, a double reference there, sort of. A transitive a, reference. Two parts. A, a, a re- continuing callback. A reference once removed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, good stuff. The A story gets started off uh, talking about there's a piece of chords on Cordacia. Uh, Cerritos is headed there, but it gets switched to Vulcan, and the Cerritos gets given a new assignment, uh, which really, really starts to get under the captain's skin. She even claims, like, the the Cerritos is a joke to everyone. It's a joke ship, Uh, which, of course, as we're watching a comedy, it is a joke ship. It kind of is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Then when we're taken to the crew... They're all kicking back, drinking margaritas, uh, instead of getting their next assignment because they finished. And they begin talking about what they call uh, buffer time. (laughs) Ron, this is not the first time we, the viewer, have encountered buffer time, is it? Absolutely not. Uh, Our own Mr. Scott, Scotty, uh, 
That was kind of his ballywick, wasn't it? Uh, over, yes. Overestimate the time of repairs, as you say. How else can he maintain his uh, reputation as a miracle worker? Right. So, so what started as a as a tongue in cheek joke in I believe it was the Next Generation episode with uh, relics with James Doohan uh, that explained why engineers would always be able to be. That's going to take me eight hours. Well, you've got two. Uh, why they always pull it off was, you know, Scotty tells Jordy, you got to pat it. Yeah, always uh, overestimate your repair times by a factor of three, I think was and, a line. <laughs> right. And so now now we're given uh, that the lower decks have this unwritten rule that you you have to apply buffer time. I believe Tindy even gets a message from the doctor. Uh, I need you to fix this bio bed. How long it'll t- will it take you? And she's like, it'll take five hours and then they all kick back and start drinking uh <laughs> which is wonderful but uh predictably boimler's in the turbo lift with the captain and let's slip that he didn't even assign buffer time and of course she asked what's Busted. buffer time <laughs> you let it let the cat out of the bag you're in deep deep trouble so, now boimler. so right so our a story becomes the captain determined to make her ship uh super efficient and not a joke in Starfleet and implements uh, everybody's got like a ticking clock timer for their assignment and the moment they're out of time they have to go on to the next assignment everybody's getting frazzled does not lead to increased productivity <laughs> no no it does not so far every episode has followed that Berman Trek A story on the ship B story on the planet our B story on this planet, uh, Ransom and Mariner with a few other crew members uh, heading down to uh, deliver a diplomatic gift uh, to, to, a, to a species that's just been admitted to the Federation. Yes, a ceremonial crystal to return uh, for, for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was, I was really excited to see uh, Mariner and Ransom going off on the planet. Uh, we, we talked yesterday, like, uh, we, we talked last episode uh, about the fear of, of having it be too much Mariner and Boimler over here and Rutherford and Tindy over here in this plot. Uh, and, and this is the first episode where we're, we're given uh, a different mix of characters for the A plot and the B plot. Uh, so, so I was immediately... Yeah, uh, it was all, very, all very refreshing to learn a little bit more about uh, Ransom especially. He's an intriguing character that we really don't know much about other than that. Hey, look, he's, a, he's a, definitely a dude bro. He's a dude bro, and he's a little bloodthirsty. <laughs> and uh, so on the planet, things immediately go wrong. They're supposed to be giving a, a crystal to the, these crystal aliens that were everywhere is a crystal. And they open the box, and it's a, a, a wooden log with, like, a bow on it. <gasps> he's got wood! Yeah. He's got one. <laughs> and of course, the, the aliens are horribly offended. Uh, they they circle him. Uh, I loved the Mariner line. She gets circled with guys with spears, and, and she literally says, Encircled by spears? What am I, Kirk? Is this the 2260s? <laughs> so cliche. <laughs> so cliche. And uh, back on the ship, everybody is just exhausted, making mistakes uh, everywhere. And the aliens are so offended by what's happening on the planet, they decide to board the Cerritos. Right, and the and the crew, as the cap as the captain as well, are so embroiled in their their rules and their timelines and their ticking clocks that they can't even defend their ship. 
right. The captain wants doesn't want them to fall behind on any work. Uh, the captain wants them to defend the ship while working. <laughs> right. Don't, don't, well. don't forget your timetable. Don't forget your timetable. And, uh, and Mariner and Ransom captured down below. Uh, they're introduced to uh, the, the trial by combat of these aliens. And uh, I think my, my, my favorite moment in the scene was when the, the head alien mentions uh, the adjucation geode. <laughs> yes. Very large spike of crystals. And you have to clarify, crystals. <laughs> right. So two, so education geo, yeah, educational geo, crystals. Yeah, right. An educational geode is a special type of constitutional crystal <laughs> we use to legally sh- smush our criminals. Uh, there's also a really quick line that I that I almost missed uh, where Ransom's talking about all the things that have gone wrong on his missions, and he mentions. Spores that make you hook up with your friend's sister. <laughs> That's not going to be forgotten. <laughs> no, no. Mar- Mariner even mentions that she, you tell me all this stuff, weird stories about your friend's sister. And uh, Mariner and Ransom argue over who gets to fight the trial by combat, uh, which which uh, I th- feel like very in character for both of them. Mariner's always the woman of action, always jumping up. To, to the moment, and Ransom is just bloodthirsty. Uh, I think that the opportunity for a fight uh, really, really gets him going. Yeah, he really wants to go at it. I, I believe in this scene also is where they're comparing scars to see who gets to go first. Is that in this scene? Uh, it is uh, probably. I think that's the next scene. All right. uh, but yes, yes, they they still they they have that that warrior like I got this scar here, uh, but. Oh no! She well, shows and, him and her whole, scars, right? And, and that whole scar scene uh, is definitely uh, an ode to uh, to Quint and Jaws, uh, showing oh. off all the scars. And I, I she did mention, you know, uh, Scottsdale for one. I, I'm kind of curious what happened in Scottsdale. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, especially as we are in Arizona, <laughs> Scottsdale adjacent. Uh, uh, so we're taken uh, back to the ship. Uh, Boimler goes on to the bridge with his pad. He, you know, he's doing job after job after job, and he he's loving it. Everyone else is frazzled. Everyone else is overwhelmed. No, this is this he, is uh, his utopia. He loves this. This is the this oh, is yeah. his dream. Everyone is on timetables and following all the rules explicitly. It's perfect for him. Yeah, if, yeah. He pulls out a phaser and he's cleaning up graffiti, and the the aliens surround him with the spears and uh, and. He, it's a great moment where he's like, but I have a phaser, and just zaps them so, off. Yeah, these guys are lightweights. <coughs> so he makes it to the bridge, and he finds the captain and uh, the lieutenant head of security uh, up there. And the captain is doing running from station to station, doing all the jobs, completely, completely frazzled. Uh, and and Boimler uh, is try, trying to help her get wrap her head around the situation uh that's kind, kind, kind of that's when boimler starts starts to set up the moral of the story that gets resolved at the end with the captain yeah yes yes uh yes and back on the planet uh is, i believe is when we've got the scar sharing yeah. and uh ransom uh there the 
the alien throws a sword into the cell and tells him to work out who's going to do the fighting, and Ransom just stabs Mariner right through the foot. So he can take it on himself. So I'm not going to let you risk your life for this. <laughs> and uh, uh, in a very glorious, what I felt was a callback to every other episode of the original series. Well, Ransom was practicing what we like to refer to as Kirk Fu. Kirk Fu, yes, yes. I, I, uh, I believe in my notes I wrote down the, the, the two-fisted Kirk Hammer. Yes. Uh, if you, he strips if, you, if, if anyone who has siblings or had close friends that they like to uh, to wrestle with as kids, that move does not do any damage to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In real life, it is a very weak move. <laughs> he strips off his shirt, he throws the sword down, and just two fists, hammer, Kirk style, smacks the crap out of uh, the, the alien combatant. And... Uh, and we're and, and Mariner is a little excited by that. He's hot. I think she's. I think she uttered. Yeah. So she watched him shirtless, Kirk style, going mano a mano with the giant, the giant alien. Yeah. 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 We get. Yeah. And she reluctantly finds herself attracted to him. <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's when we're given that Boimler Captain moment where where he really hammers home the point of like not everybody's a boimler you gotta lighten up you gotta let people breathe trust your people yeah trust your embrace, crew to, do, to be to do the thing embrace that you need buffer to. time which uh, uh, which leads to the crew of course uh, as soon as they're told like hey you don't have to do your ta- your your main tasks anymore defend let's the just ship. <laughs> defend the ship which they do they retake the ship. Uh, Ransom wins the fight, frees the party on the planet. The uh, the security lieutenant takes the crystal down, reestablishes peace. Uh, we find and we find Mariner and Ransom back in the sick bay, uh, having have a little little talk. Uh, Mariner's not going to turn him in for stabbing her in the foot, even though he he's about to resign, and. Uh, <laughs> What's his response to that, Ron? <laughs> I, I believe his response was, "What, what was it that that uh, um, her she she was wearing the wrong sleeves or something of that nature?" That was what he got her on. She she had had her sleeves rolled up at the beginning of the away mission. He asked her to roll them down, and because and she, she refused, she right. refused a direct he, order. He throws her in the brig immediately. But, you know, we find out we found out earlier in an earlier episode that it is one of her favorite places. She loves the brig. Yes, yes. Also, and, in, also in this scene, we we see uh, uh, we hear Doctor Tiana um, uh, say something. I, I do believe to Mariner that gets uh, censored out or bleeped. And I do believe that's the first utterance of such a thing in in the Star Trek universe. Yes, I missed that. I totally missed the bleeping. Uh, which, and that was something she said on the the communications yep, com. Yep, I do believe. Yeah, so, yeah. so so like the computer automatically <laughs> censors. Uh, and and I will maintain to the day I die, bleeps are funnier than swears. They really are. Uh, if I if I'm watching a TV show, the joke of having the the profanity bleeped out, it's always funnier to me for my brain to fill in the profanity. Absolutely. Um, and. Uh, and we all, we we're, we're treated to a little uh, bit of Ransom's feelings for Mariner as 
she's being torn away uh, from from the med bay to the brig. I believe her her final line is, "I'm gonna dance in your blood," and it, that turns him on a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the door's closed, and he's like, "Wow, that was pretty hot." <laughs> gonna dance in your blood. So the final wrap-up is Boimler and the captain, and the captain has a little special treat for him. Yeah, so what would they, uh, she, she names, uh, um, entitles a, a new uh, pr- procedure, uh, what is it, the Boimler effect. The Boimler New effect. protocols, the Boimler effect, with buffer time built in. Yes, now it's official, everyone is... is told to use buffer time and it's named after Boimler. The, the biggest so, stickler for doing things fast and appropriately and on time and with a schedule. All by procedure. And yeah, he is now going to be the poster boy for buffer time. Yay! I'm sure he's thrilled. And and uh, yeah, in, in our final moments we're taken, we, we see a nice little text uh, in the far future. There's a teacher on a planet full of kids, and she's teaching, like, she pulls up a hologram of a Boimler statue, teaching them about the Boimler effect. Right, and then she goes on to mention the great birds of the galaxy. Uh, What was that a reference to? Oh, uh, just a Gene Roddenberry reference, his nickname from back in the day, the great bird, the great bird himself. I did not know that. Yes, uh, and there are several references in some of the Trek literature about the great bird of the galaxy. Um, as being a mythological um, creature. I think it's the Peter David novels. Um, check those out if, you, if you're interested in the, the literature. Um, but yeah, the Great Bird of the Galaxy, Gene Roddenberry reference. And we also get a little Miles O'Brien reference at the end, one of the great engineers in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> now, kids, let's move on to the most important person in Starfleet history, Chief Miles O'Brien. <laughs> Miles would agree. Uh, right. I, you know, uh, and, and I know it's just a joke, but uh, I, I actually spent a little bit of time thinking about just the engineers, not all the characters we've seen in all the Trek, but out of all the engineers we've seen, I don't even think O'Brien qualifies as the best out of the ones we've seen. No, no. He's not really an engineer. I mean, he starts off as, what, a chief petty officer, an enlisted man and works his way up from the transporter operator to basically being an enlisted engineer um, uh, when he gets to D-Space-9. But, you know, by, by the end of D-Space-9, I would argue that Rom was a superior engineer to O'Brien. Yes. The, what, all, of the, the ma- all of the amazing things that O'Brien does in Deep Space Nine has to do with Cardassian technology. The Cardis. So, the Cardis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know this is all a tangent, but like the fact that that series ends with him going to teach at the Starfleet Academy, he's going to teach engineering there. It's like, what are you going to teach? Cardassian technology? Come on, man! Oh, the Cardis. I remember them at set to three. Yeah, yeah, the hero of set to three. <laughs> hey, that, that's a, right? that's a good segment for each of these episodes. Would be Trek the Trek tangent. The Trek tangent. A little right? graphic. Trek tangent. And Go off on a little tangent. Uh, so, so yeah, I think if uh, if there's going to be a big reveal or any fan fiction based on this episode, I definitely want to know how Mariner got that scar in Scottsdale. Could be a drinking incident. Well, I'm assuming <laughs> drinking would have been involved. I would hope so. Yes. <laughs> so Scottsdale. So, did she do so this talk- was. A- 
Right. So this was a great episode in that uh, we got we got some more ransom development in in Commander Ransom. I, I felt like we got a lot more of the captain's development. Uh, she really, I don't, I didn't get the impression she's in it for her crew or her ship. It was her pride that was injured. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so, so we got to see her reacting to that. That more characters have been fleshed out uh, in, a, in a comedic way. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. This, this show is yet to disappoint me. Yes, it's definitely uh, scratching an itch. It's, it's For me, it's kind of fulfilling what the Orville could have been for me personally. It didn't quite hit the mark, almost, but not quite. This yes. really does scratch that same itch, but but it's really track. And um, uh, this is the first episode of the three so far that we've seen that I didn't have one little gripe or complaint or, or uh, uh, nit to pick. This one to me, I, I didn't see anything that stuck. Like, oh, what's what's that about? I don't know. I don't like that. Or what's that? I need to know more about that. Or they got something a little bit off. It doesn't bother me so much. But this is the first episode that hasn't had uh, any nits from my end. Yeah, just just playing good time, and it's got me waiting as always, waiting for next week. Can't wait. Waiting with everybody else. Uh, any any anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Well, just that uh, this this new iteration of Trek really is uh, more than the final frontier. I think, as a line in this episode said, uh, it's the fun frontier. Yes, yes, this show is definitely the fun frontier, and uh, we hope that uh, you stick around with us, checking it out next week and next episode. As always, like and share. Signing off, uh, trekking through. You folks, take care. See you later. Bye. Uh-huh.